Yeah, I think um, generally it's covered in the corporate media rather than by leftists. And I think that political disagreements are generally presented as between people are portrayed as the moderates, and then the other side is always portrayed as uh, the radicals, the extremists, the watermelons. You know, they're kind of portrayed as these slightly deranged extremists uh, who just aren't reasonable like the others. And um, I just wanted to write about it because I think that uh, people don't really understand, people especially outside the party in New South Wales don't really understand what's going on. And I think there's been this systemic bias, which I just wanted to address. And um, right now there's a pre-selection. And so people, people theoretically are especially not meant to speak to the media. But there's already been backgrounding from uh, maybe people on the left and also people from Kate Fairman's camp. And uh, I thought that the good thing about the court case was it's all on the public record because there had to be a case presented from, let's say, the side opposed to Kate Fairman. And uh, that was just a good way to uh, have a look at some relevant issues. Speaking personally, I was extremely opposed to taking the party to court. I thought that it was a very bad thing to do and a very selfish thing to do. I really just wanted to kind of give people a chance to kind of get a sense what the argument was about rather than just being told it was moderates versus extremists, which I don't think really tells you very much. Last year, New South Wales Green Senator Lee Rhiannon was suspended from the federal party room over her stance and, in fact, the New South Wales branch's official position once she was duty-bound to support regarding education policy, in particular, I understand the question of public funding of private schools, which Rhiannon opposed. We've seen federal former party leader Bob Brown campaign quite viciously against Rhiannon in the, in the media, and recently there was a proposal, which you wrote about in your article, emanating from several New South Wales branches, calling on Rhiannon to step down before the next election. What do you make of all this? It does seem there's a bit of an obsession among at least some elements within this so-called moderate or centrist wing of the Greens to, to destroy uh, Lee Rhiannon's political career. So, I mean, I joined the Greens about a year ago, so I'm relatively new to it, and uh, I've actually been a little bit shocked by the acrimony of the factional disputes, and uh, I'll operate with a blindfold to things that I'm privately I'll only comment on things that are relatively on the available to the public. But uh, it's kind of striking to me that, and, you know, as you say, there are these attacks on Lee Rhiannon, and I think it can be connected. The, the media critiques of her tend to come from one direction, and fire is never returned in the corporate media. Or um, there was the ABC program where Four Corners really got stuck into her, uh, to Lee Rhiannon, and Jeremy Buckingham made some critical remarks about Lee Rhiannon. This was covered a bit in the media. Some people, some of the members made a complaint against Jeremy Buckingham. And basically it was just suppressed because he issued a legal threat. And so they had to disband the process and it's been delayed a bit and um, all this other thing. And so there's one side that really acts like a faction and it just constantly tells the media the other side is a faction. And this, this is quite a bit of, I think, dishonesty to how that kind of thing goes on. In terms of what happened with Lee Rhiannon, I think, you know, you can kind of get into the background and whatever, but the facts are, so first, before she was suspended, there were media attacks on her, and it was alleged that she had been formally censured by the party room of the leadership on two occasions, and this was kind of taken as a softening up of the media to justify her subsequent suspension on the grounds that, look, she's really disloyal and... You know, she has this history of doing all these terrible things or whatever. 
And um, Senator Rhiannon denies those claims. And um, it turned out she was correct. These were just lies that had been told to the ABC. And so the ABC said, senior party sources had told us this. And so then the question is, the question became, well, who told them? And um, Fran Kelly said on her radio show, your office told me this. And she was obviously quite unhappy about it. And for people who were knowledgeable in the Greens, they pointed the finger at um, two people, and one of them was the chief of staff of Senator Richard Di Natale at the time, Kate Feynman. And so there's an element of people kind of remember that Kate Feynman was one of these people who had at least been alleged to have been involved. And uh, in the context of party politics, you know, even if you can't 100% prove something, people's suspicions become very real. And so there's still this kind of grudge against her, and not just for that, but also um, in the days when the Greens in New South Wales supported BDS, David Shubridge and John Kay gave passionate speeches defending BDS activists against accusations of anti-Semitism. And instead of doing that, Kate Feynman basically agreed with this motion. His primary purpose was just to call supporters of BDS anti-Semites. And, uh, you know, I wasn't even a supporter of BDS, but I was really appalled by that. And uh, I was really hardened by the speeches of David Shoebridge and um, John Kay. And um, I think in a way, there's a division between the party, which is just reduced to the moderates versus the extremists and the hardline communists, radical extremists or whatever. And I think really, it's more neutral to say it's a dispute between the left and the right of the party. And I think that the division between the left and the right isn't just about necessarily politics, although um, the left would say that the right only cares about the environment. But it's also about whether politicians should be bound by the members and whether the members should be able to discipline and uh, maintain control over politicians. At a recent address before the National Press Club, Richard Di Natale outlined a proposal for a people's bank. The main plank of this policy involves fixed-rate, low-interest home loans subsidised by the Reserve Bank. Di Natale has also been in the news lately advocating the legalisation of marijuana. It does seem like there's been a raft of policy announcements by Di Natale of late. It seems to me that there's a sense of him fighting for political relevancy with such policy announcements. I'm just wondering whether you agree with that assessment. I think that there is an awareness, certainly according to my perception, an awareness on his part that his leadership has very much been called into question both within the party and without. I think it's hard to say. I think that um, there are people in the left of the party who feel that Senator Di Natale is relatively moderate or pragmatic or that he's kind of made this pitch to people like Peter Harcher who say, oh, he's not like the old Greens. He's moderate and sensible and not extreme and things like that. And I think I haven't seen anyone in the Greens who's opposed to his call for legalizing marijuana. Um, I myself am an enormous square who doesn't even drink, um, but I favor decriminalization. Um, I think that that kind of policy is a good thing. So I, 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 I don't, I personally wouldn't criticize him for it and I don't know others who do. I just think that there are people who, who don't really want the Greens to be more centrist or pragmatic. We want us to take a strong firm line on various left issues. So for me, a more concerning thing was um, 
uh, I don't know if you saw, but that was a while ago, Senator Tinatali gave a speech about um, how he wants to win this seat and this seat and this seat. Um, and then he thought, you know, the Greens will be triumphant. And the seats he named weren't, I mean, I don't know most of Australia that well, but here in Sydney, there's the inner west, which is considered hipster and is it's not cheap, like there's people who are professional and students and things like that. And uh, the West is probably more associated with the working class and the East and the North Shore is more um, affluent. And um, Senator Di Natale said which, speech, which seats he wanted to win. And it wasn't really working class seats. It was places like uh, Wentworth, which is currently held by Malcolm Turnbull. And so my concern is if your goal is to win over affluent social progressives, then your message is going to be very different than if you want to win people in Bankstown and Penrith where people are more racially diverse and um, working class and their primary concerns will be less, let's say, solely climate change or gay marriage or whatever, but more funding basic infrastructure and um, security at work and things like that. So I guess my concern is the Greens are a four-pillar party where they uphold things, not just the environment, but other things like social justice and nonviolence and I'm not accusing Di Natale of necessarily watering down on these issues, but I wouldn't like to see the party go too far in its appeal to affluent voters.